0: Editors are extremely fallible people, all of them. Don't put too much trust in them. Maxwell Perkins. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
1: Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole, And I'm Lieses. And you might wonder why on a season about editing and being an editor, we might have that particular quote. Unfortunately, it's because it's true. As editors, we can be extremely fallible, and it's very easy to make a mistake because we're relying on ourselves. Enter the editor cheat sheet. The editor cheat sheets are
0: consistent for all of your editing. While in our last episode, we talked about style guides, those are unique to each story.
1: The cheat sheet is unique to you as the editor. It starts off as like a post-it note and you leave it nearby your editing station, wherever that is. And just like the difference between who versus whom and how to use each one. You just kind of jot it down because it's something you're looking up constantly. And then eventually you get like a a second post-it note and then a wallpaper of post-it notes of these different things that you have had to look up so frequently that you have to continue because you have to look it up so much. So you have this wallpaper of different things that you know about yourself and that you want to streamline having to look up. So you write the correct way down. And eventually it becomes this little booklet, printout, Word document, something where you have it all written down. That is the editor cheat sheet. One time we went to a writing retreat
0: One of the people there as well was an editor, and she handed out her cheat sheets on business cards. So this is something very common in the industry. As authors, we know our crutch words. We know our problems. Editors have the same thing. They know they have problems with effect versus effect,
1: and that's where the editor cheat sheets come in.
0: So, Lee, what does your cheat sheet look like?
1: The very first thing I wrote down was lay versus lie versus laid versus lane. All of these feel like they should be the same word. It's the same word in sign language. (laughs) I could put any one of these in for anyone else, but there is a proper time to use each one. So that's one that I initially started writing down. That was my first quote unquote post-it note. Another section of my cheat sheet are just my commonly misspelled words. For whatever reason, I always misspell maintenance and wield, so those are on my cheat sheet as well. It's also fairly common to put down what's capitalized when. We were discussing the other day the word un-American because American is capitalized, and when you're adding an un in front of it, then there shouldn't be any like punctuation, but you don't want to have the capitalization in the middle of the word so where does that capitalization go? Internet's another one. Is it capitalized or not? That's a debate that was settled about a decade ago now. I also like to have hotkeys for whatever program I'm using to edit. Mostly it's been Google Docs. At Aspen House, we're really as concerned about AI as everyone else, so we're looking at other programs. Let us know. What about some of yours? My cheat sheet is a little more fluid. I'm I'm kind of bad at
0: creating these, but hyphens like pick up versus pickup versus pickup and when to hyphenate how to hyphenate i i don't know hyphens i also personally struggle with effect versus effect and i usually just replace it all with impact because it fits both of them most of the time i don't know why but i cannot figure out effect versus effect i have tried mine also includes a lot of the commas I have to have that cheat sheet for my commas because in my professional writing, I don't use the Oxford comma. In my personal writing, I do use the Oxford comma, and my brain gets really confused very easily. So I need that help. And anything similar to conscience, unconscious, any word in that little category, I need cheat sheets for those because I cannot figure out for the life of me how to spell it spell checker and auto spell have saved my life in this there's the little dots underneath in this note for unconscious because it auto corrected my spelling for that for me because that's how much i don't know how to spell this word
1: (laughs) and looking at your workstation right now you even have cheat sheets for the graphic design stuff that you do for us Yes. That's
0: where I tend to be more consistent is I have my color codes for Aspen House. I have aspect ratios for our banners, our profiles, for the different books that we create. I have cheat sheets for the book formatting that I do and cover design and all of that. Like I have all sorts of notes for the design aspect of our work.
1: So as an aspiring editor what would you suggest people start to do in order to start designing their own editor cheat sheet?
0: You start it by figuring out the system that works best for you for reference. When it comes to my design cheat sheets, I use sticky notes and frame my computer screen with them because that's where I work and I need to be able to quickly reference and find all of those things like our hex code for the yellow that we use. So figure out the format that works best for you, whether it's sticky notes, whether it is a notebook, whether it is a document in whatever, start there by figuring out the best place and then figure out what you need to put into
1: it. When designing your own cheat sheet as an editor, the first thing I would suggest is have a friend who knows this information, knows the difference between affect and effect then you can always run it by them and go, am I using the right one here? Having that type of person in your life is incredibly helpful, but they're not always available. That's why you have this cheat sheet with you. But having a friend to at least look over it to double check you is incredibly helpful.
0: So you can start with adding whatever ones you know you have a problem with, and then you can look up or ask that friend for what it should be from then on as you're continuing to develop this cheat sheet every time you have to look something up especially if you've had to look it up twice
1: add it to that cheat sheet one of my rules of thumb when organizing pretty much anything but information definitely falls in this category is put it in the first place you look for it if you have your cheat sheet with you as you're editing And it's a couple pages and you don't know quite where to flip through to get to it. Well, that might be in the grammar section. That might be in the spelling section. The first place that you turn, move it there. Because then you can be a little more consistent and use it a little bit better. So organizing that cheat sheet can help streamline your process enormously. And these things
0: are going to grow. They're going to develop They're going to start fairly generic as you're starting out your journey. You're probably going to have the same kinds of things that a lot of people have on their cheat sheets when they get started. And then as you develop in your career and you start to recognize your own failures, it's going to be more customized to you specifically because you've been able to see what you really struggle with. Like conscience and unconscious and how on earth do you spell these things?
1: Why are there so many consonants? My issue is the I before E rule is broken like 10 times as often as it is accurately applied. It's not a good rule. English is weird, man. And there is a lot of humility to having an editor cheat sheet because you're recognizing and then documenting your own failures. But it's a little easier when you start to recognize that it's not about you. It's about serving the novel that you're working on. So recognizing your own failures and knowing that you've had to look these up several times is key in making sure that you're getting the most out of this tool, even as you create it.
0: I also recommend if you're going to do a digital cheat sheet, use hyperlinks to your reference material create a link that sends you on over to the Chicago Manual of Style or the Oxford English Dictionary or whatever so that you have that official backup and that reminder of where you got this information of lie versus lay versus laid versus lane.
1: This way, if you're still confused because your cheat sheet notes aren't answering your specific question in this specific instance, This allows you to quickly navigate to a place you can trust has the answer. So when you do find it, adding that hyperlink, especially if you're just doing a digital cheat sheet overall, is incredibly helpful. Again, this whole thing is about streamlining your editing process, making your editing smoother, faster, so you can stay in that groove longer and do more. And if you're ever in doubt, Google it.
0: It's better to use Google or whatever search function you want to use than trust your
1: instincts because sometimes our instincts are wrong. Well, I'm like 99% sure it's a fact here.
0: Yeah, just double check. I would say that's an okay thing to do as an author. But as the editor, you have both the author and the readers going to you, relying on you to make sure those things are correct, to make sure that all of those mistakes have been caught and that it is the correct version of effect or effect.
1: But doesn't relying on Google instead of knowing it myself make me a worse editor? No, absolutely not. Using the resources that you have available to
0: you makes you a good editor. And one of those resources can be Google. In our next episode, we are going to be talking about an important step that you need to take as the editor when you are meeting with your authors. And these are the questions that you need to ask to help set you up for success in the editing process. Until then, write selfishly.